Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fail lies. very hard but if you love dogs as much as we do you're going to find a way to make it work yes in this podcast we're going to give you tips before you start RVing with your pets before you get a pet if you're already RVing and tips that might help you if you're already RVing and already have a dog or pet of some sort you could even have a bird or a bunny (laughs) However, these tips are specific to dogs and also kind of lean towards class A as well, just so you know. So, I mean, most of these things can be used across the board in like fifth wheels or vans or whatever, but uh, the tips that we're giving you are mostly class A. Oh, they have a class A lean, I should say. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Fayolas. You can sign up for the emails at thefayolas.com slash email. And the show notes for this episode are at thefails.com slash 50. RVing with a pet, specifically we're talking about dogs, is the best and sometimes hardest part of this life. Sometimes if you're just starting out full-time RVing or traveling or whatever, um, you already have a pet, sometimes the pet can struggle with the, the adjusting to this, like travel days and stuff. Yeah, if you're having a hard time adjusting, your animals probably are too. Yeah. Maybe twice as hard <laughs> for them. I think for us with Dexter, he had a hard time being on a leash. Because mm-hmm. when we had a house and a big yard, he was never on a leash. Yes. So like the first like few weeks, <laughs> he wouldn't go to the bathroom. Yeah, he's like, like what no. is this? I don't want to go to the bathroom next to you. And when your dog needs to like, like the RV... You got to like do stuff with it in the RV, like get used to it. All right. So the first tip we have is make them as comfortable as possible. Beds, blankets, and toys. Yeah. Try to make us, try to make a space that's dedicated to them. Yep. So let's say talk driving, for example. With driving, Dexter liked to be down by my feet in the passenger seat. Um, It was a, it's a smaller spot. I have a computer set up down there as well, so it's, like, even smaller than (laughs) what normally would be there. It's a little bit warmer. And I think he felt, like, protected a little bit because he was squished down by my feet. So that was perfect for him. Elsa's good on the floor between Tony and I, and sometimes she would lay in, or she will lay in, like, an open crate. Yeah, She she, doesn't like it closed up. No, she she likes to go in and out sometimes. But she's she's not really, like, an anxious rider like some dogs like dexter like when we would move around when we'd drive he would crawl down there but as soon as we came to a stop he would climb out like mm-hmm. he was ready to be done yeah, but then we'd start moving stopped, and even sometimes go back at, like a the... stop sign yeah <laughs> and freya right now is currently in a closed crate most of the time but the girl sometimes will get her out if yeah. she starts whining Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes her little cry is so sad, like, we cannot stop. We have to get her out. But she does good. Both, yeah. 
Elsa and Freya are good riders. Yeah, and I think a, I think a big part of that is making sure that they have a dedicated space. Now, this is why I said this is A-class related, because if you have a fifth wheel, please don't leave your dogs in the fifth wheel or in the trailer <laughs> if you're pulling it. Um, you know, you'll bring those into the truck with you. Um, and so that dedicated space, I'm sure, changes a yeah. little bit. But When we're stationary or parked, uh, our dogs are allowed on the couch and the bed. I mean, no, this is really bad. Don't do this. But and don't do that. Don't <laughs> don't train your dog or let your dog get away with this because it's a terrible habit. Yes, it is. But I love snuggling with my dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Elsa's laying on the couch right now as nothing. we do this podcast. There's nothing better than snuggling up to watch a movie and you have your doggy snuggling it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I actually fell asleep with Elsa a couple of times. <laughs> In our bed, we don't let the dog. We start the dogs off in their crate, but Elsa's is unzipped, so she can come yep. out, and then she ends up. Freya in our bed. doesn't know, <laughs> <laughs> and she ends up in our bed at some point. Uh, but you know, having a dog bed for them is a good thing. Um, Blankets and toys. Yep, blanket or toys or something for them to lay on and call their own. Just like people like to get away from people. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs like to get away from other dogs or other like people Elsa as well. Elsa away from Freya. We also have crates for our dogs. So the Elsa has a crate and Freya has a crate. They can go in there. Freya will eat her food and stuff in her crate. So yeah. she feels a little bit more comfortable in there. We've actually taught her to go in her crate. So like she'll run into her crate and then she'll sit and then she'll get her food. Yeah. And one important thing is we don't ever use the crate as a punishment. Mm-hmm. So they're always not really. Sometimes I mean, I mean Frizz, Frizz, yeah, she's still a little puppy. She's yeah. wild, so we put her in there to calm her down a little bit. But we never like scold her and then put her in the crate. Like that's yeah, true. That's a bad habit. Well, <clears throat> when she bit mom's oh, uh, wrist, <laughs> she threw her into the crate. I didn't throw her. You guys did. I didn't get. I didn't. Well, move. Kylie did. Not. I yeah. didn't. I did not throw her. <laughs> they both go willingly into the crate. Like Elsa's really good. You can just say Elsa crate and she'll go in there and lay down. Yeah. She has no problems doing that. Freya will as well if you have food. Yeah. <laughs> also on drive days and you'll want to make sure that your dogs have plenty of water. And this is kind of <laughs> hard to do because the more water they drink, the more they're going to have to stop. Yeah. But technically I read an article that you're supposed to stop and stretch your legs for like 15 minutes Every two hours. Yeah, just uh, yeah, two hours of driving, stop for 15 minutes. So if that's the case, then giving your dog water is not a bad deal. Yep. Because they're going to force you to stop like you should be. Yeah, the downside to traveling with the water bowl? Splashing messes. Yeah, yes. when you're driving a, um, a rolling earthquake, <laughs> you can have a water mess. Hurricane. And just a, just a, if you have a trailer, if you're pulling a trailer or a fifth wheel or something like that, making sure your dogs have water is probably less on your mind because you're in a regular vehicle. Like we're in our home here, so we have their regular water bowl on the floor and they know they can go over there and get water yep. whenever they want. Um, we used to have a no spill water bowl that was actually really cool it was plastic though and i'm not a big fan of plastic so i did Plus get rid of it and got a different it and yeah i i will link it though in the show notes because it was a cool bowl and it helped with um no there was no splashing yeah, with it no. which was nice now we just have a big metal bowl that splashes 
Even though it makes the coldest water, that's what it says on the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) However, it's super important to make sure that they have enough water because they can actually get um, dehydrated very quickly. So it's very important. And, And making sure that the temperature is at a reasonable rate, which is next on the list. <laughs> Temperature. Um, so when you're driving in the RV, at least, it can get kind of warm. And maybe if you're in your truck or pulling a trailer, it's not as bad. But in a Class A, it can get quite warm on warm days. Yeah. You, we have the air in the front, but the um, like the girls can get pretty warm in the back if you know there's no fan on them. And because we have a gas... The front end gets really hot as well. The thing between us. Yeah, the, yep. And the then <laughs> the floor. Engine cover there and everything, so. Yeah. It just, there. yeah, transfers heat right up to the floor, so. So just to make sure that, you know, that stays at a reasonable temperature for your dogs is a good thing. And then also, talking about temperature, when you leave your dogs in your RV and then leave to go somewhere... It's very important to make sure that the temperature stays correct, like a good, comfortable temperature for your dogs. Also, you need to find a way to monitor your pet when you're not at home. Mm -hmm. For temperature, yep. Yep. Uh, So what camera do we have to do this? We just got it. It's like super cool. Is it a WISE? Yeah. But that doesn't do temperature. No. No. But there is a camera on here. It says camera. Yeah. You can see if your dog's like. So, yeah, you can use, <laughs> we have a little remote camera. It's a Wi-Fi camera. It connects to your phone. Yep. And we can monitor how our pets are behaving. And you can actually move it around. Like, it's yep. like a 360-type camera. You can look all around. And it has sound, and you can talk. That's helpful. Um, they do sell pet temperature monitors that you can, you know. Yeah, so these things are kind of cool. They have They have multiple that that you can choose from, but a lot of them have a cellular plan because they're made so that you don't need Wi-Fi. I actually would rather it have Wi-Fi because we have Wi-Fi almost all the time. Yep. Um, but what it does is it connects, it's like it sits in your room and it monitors the temperature of the room and it will send you an alarm on your phone or like a text message if the heat gets up to a certain level. Uh, there's some companies out there that make um, automatic fans. So like your, I bought one, but your yeah, Tony said. I think it, back. it was a it was like a Max Air or something. Well, we thought one of our fan motors was bad. It turned out to be just a switch, so I didn't have to tear the whole fan out and replace it. And even though that fan would have been better, <laughs> I pretty, bought it and Tony set it right back. <laughs> it was pretty cool, but we didn't end up needing it. What's cool about them is they have like a temperature on them, so they'll automatically turn on if it gets too hot in the room. And it's just a fan, so it's not gonna like air condition the house um but it would cool the house off probably enough to keep your dog alive yeah airflow is important um another thing is don't leave them for too long mm-hmm. you know every pet is different like our older dogs before freya we could leave them for five to six hours without really having to worry about them but temperature in your rv can go up in like 30 minutes yeah so it's just like a car you know, if you leave your dog in a car or if you, I mean, you've sat in your car, I'm sure, <laughs> without the air on for, you know, it, it heats up really fast. Yeah. And the same thing happens in RVs. 
Yep. If you're if you're boondocking or something and don't have the luxury of air conditioning and it starts to get hot out and maybe you don't realize it, it's always like 10 or 15 degrees hotter inside our RV than what it is outside without the air on. The other thing too is RV air conditioners are not as reliable as your house air conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> the power goes out constantly in RV parks. So even if you're not boondocking and you're camping at an RV park, you know, you still have to think that the power could possibly go out. Yeah. <laughs> and if it does, your air conditioning probably won't turn back on when it does come back on. So that's something to think about as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's why the pet monitors and the cameras are good because you, you at least get those notifications. Yep. You should have like an app on your phone where you control your air conditioning. They make them. Yeah. But mom won't let me get one yet. I told you to get one. A Nest thing? No, it's not oh. a Nest. It's a new touch screen for our thermostat. So then when you get the like too hot alert, you can just... It's a beep, RV beep. specific one. Oh, I didn't know But that. it's like 250 bucks. I don't know. So mom didn't have anything to do with this because I don't even know anything about it. Yeah, I showed you one time. <laughs> the next tip is to follow the rules at the campground. <laughs> National parks or anywhere you take your dog. I mean, even if you don't live in an RV and you're visiting some place, you should follow the rules. A lot of places require unleash. Yep. Some don't allow dogs at all, which is almost all of our national parks, <laughs> yeah. which is very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been to countless national parks, even some like national monuments where we went and uh, expecting to take our dogs on a walk and couldn't. Mm-hmm. And they have all these good excuses, you know, like animals, wildlife, blah, blah, blah. But really, it's just because people were bad with their dogs. Yep. <laughs> and so they took away the right. Um, but that being said, we've spent a lot of time in our cars in national parks. So we will go to the national park with our dogs in the car and we'll drive around the park. We take turns like Tony and the girls will go and then the girls go again with me um, and we see different things. But a lot of times what we'll do is we will do almost everything in the park that we can do from the car or short hikes or like just getting out to look at stuff. And then we kind of make an like a note of the things that we want to do that take longer without dogs. And we'll come back a different day yep. without dogs, but then go specifically to those things. So if there's a hike or if there's something that we want to do without the dogs, um, instead of driving through the whole park, we're just going right to that specific thing, doing it and then going back. And then we're only leaving our dogs for a few hours. Yep. That way it's easier to plan the amount of time you're going to be gone. Um, and good thing we didn't take our dogs to Credos of the Moon. Yeah, it would have been very hot. For we them. actually did, but we had our RV that day, and we left our RV at the front with the air conditioning on. Yep. So, yeah, in the parking lot. But we definitely couldn't take them out on the walkway. No, it no. Was the super walkway hot. was like 150 degrees. Yeah, that's another thing to think about too. So a lot of times their signs and stuff are just because people didn't take care of their dogs, and so. You know, they don't want dogs on small trails and whatever. But sometimes it is for the health of the animal. Like Craters of the Moon, it's all black volcanic pavement. <laughs> and it's super hot. Yeah, and, Especially and, if you go there on the hottest day, which we did. Yeah. And um, yeah, when the sun's shining out, it's all the trail or the path, I should say, is asphalt. So it was scorching hot. We did see some people with dogs out there. And I don't, couldn't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe it. Like, I could feel the heat through my shoes. Yeah, absolutely. So. It was, like I said, the pavement was over 100 degrees for sure. 
And if you're going to take your dogs, just make sure you have some sort of, like, shoes for them, maybe. Or yeah. just carry them. <laughs> yeah. yes, or don't take them. Yeah, or don't take them. Don't take them. <laughs> but, yeah, as long as they allow pets, you know, keep them on a leash, those kind of rules. Even if your dog is really, really well behaved, I would still keep it on, like, a short leash or something because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, what if somebody comes up? What if there's a squirrel? What if, you know, I don't know. Dogs, like can sense those creepy people at least our dogs can <laughs> and you know what if one of those kind of people come up and then your dog's like running off after them or something yep. um and then we all get yelled at for it not just you <laughs> so keep your dogs on the leashes especially if they require it and then um if they say no dogs at all don't take your dog because the, the one of the most frustrating things for us at least is when we do take turns going out and seeing something like for example we were in rocky mountain national park and we had our dogs with us because that's a really long day in the park and so we had our dogs and we had to take turns and tony and the girls went out or well actually i and the girls went out first and then um tony and the girls went out and then while i'm waiting for tony and the girls because of course they have to do like everything i we talked about this on a podcast and i was like roasting in the jeep i don't know Go back and listen to our Rocky Mountain one to hear more of the story. But the point is, Tony, Tony, while Tony and the girls were out, uh, like a lady and her dog just decided to walk out there. And it's there like, were several. We yeah. saw several dogs going out there. And that's super frustrating because we're following the rules, and I'm uncomfortable because of it. <laughs> well, because we follow the rules, we limit ourselves to what we can do when there's other people out there just doing whatever they want. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. We see that at every national park. Yes, every, every single, single national, national park. park. <laughs> every single. It was funny because at, um, uh, where, where were we just? Mount St. Helen. There was this, like, we were we were at, like, a pull-off. There was nobody there. And you walk over and you can kind of see. It's, like, an old one. There's, like, a little bit of construction on. I mean, not very many people visit this section because it was obviously in bad shape. <laughs> and so... I went over and was taking pictures with the girls, and then I called Tony. I was like, put the dogs in the Jeep. The Jeep is, like, right there. I didn't call him on the phone. I yelled over to him. It's, like, right there. I said, put the dogs in the Jeep real quick, and let's get a family selfie, you know, with the mountain behind us. And he's like, there's no way. Freya is, like, insane right now because she was, like, running around like crazy pants. So I was like, well, just walk over here real quick because it was literally, like, I don't know, 10 feet from the parking lot. It wasn't, like a trail it wasn't Mm -hmm. anything and like I said there was nobody there so he walked over there to get the selfie and of course Frey is all over the place but a jogger rode by rode by jogged by ran by and I mean who does that anyways but anyways he ran by and um took our selfie for us took a picture for us but I felt like I was like guilty, like, oh my gosh, someone's yeah, seeing here us yeah. <laughs> with our dog. I actually told him, I was like, we just brought the dog over for a minute. The guy's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. he just wanted to take our picture for us. It was funny. Um, but yeah, so follow the rules. Next tip, training. You can train or retrain your dog specifically for RV life. So you can always train your dog in new ways of behaving, but it's much easier if you can start training from the beginning Mm -hmm. as young as possible. So Kylie's doing that right now with Freya. She's training her properly. And we have to kind of retrain Elsa. We've slacked off a little bit. And Elsa used to be real good at 
all the things. <laughs> and now she's just g- really good at some of the things. Yeah. <laughs> like she's gotten awfully barky lately. Yeah. I've noticed that myself, but so a big one to train your dogs is to use the bathroom on a leash. Yep. <laughs> this is what Tony was talking about in the beginning. Um, especially if you're coming from land and a home where your dog got to run free, going to that to a leash can be hard yep. for them. So that was a hard one for Dexter to learn. Elsa's went right into it. For the most part, she's always been on a leash. Yeah. Yeah, she Sometimes took- if we're like boondocking, we'll let her off her leash and there's no one there. But for the most part, she knows like how to handle life on yep. a leash. Yep. <laughs> the next one is being around people. Uh, you're going to be around tons of people yeah. <laughs> all the time. Always in campgrounds, there's people always around uh, national parks, places that you're going to explore, places that you take your dog. Yeah, when you're especially at campgrounds, you're automatically going to have to do some walking with your dog especially to go to the bath to go to the bathroom um you're going to run into people people are always going to want to talk to you and stuff it never fails people always want to talk to me when i'm holding a dog bag, doggy poop bag <laughs> so and i stand some, there for five or ten minutes holding that in the dog but and sometimes uh, the person will have a dog yeah <laughs> but yeah it's it's important that um your dogs are trained to handle the attention from the people, but also, like Kylie said, a lot of times they'll have their own dogs. They want to, you know, introduce the dogs, which I have no problem with most of the time. Um, but if your dog is automatically like pulling and barking and stuff at my dog, I don't really want to get that close. <laughs> Same thing if my dog is acting like that, which she does sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really want to put the other dog in that position. Yeah, this is one of those things we're retraining Freya. Oh, sorry, retraining Elsa on. Yeah, is handling people and not barking and um, dogs. We've gotten a little bit lazy on it, so this is something that we're working on. And Kylie needs to work on Freya with this as yep. well. Once Freya's mastered it, I'll work with Elsa. She's at, Freya's already mastered like sit and lay down. I'm still working on her with come. Then once she's mastered all the important stuff with outgoing outside and stuff then i'll have to teach her with the distractions yep you guys are doing good you gotta keep on it earlier when i was like playing with freya i had no tree and i was just like walking and i said come she came got up on the couch said up she got up i said sit she sat and i said lay down she laid down nice another big thing to train your dogs for RV life is crate training. Yep. And this is one that I started off with. Actually, Dexter has never been in a crate. Um, But in the beginning, Elsa was trained with a crate. And we were really good at it. Um, But living in an RV, it's kind of a pain to have a crate. (laughs) So we... Especially if you have a larger dog. You have to have a large crate Mm-hmm. You know, larger crate than the actual dog, and you know most mo- a lot of them when you think of it is like a big metal hard sided crate or something like that. But we have soft sided, so it's it's like leather. No, it's like nylon. Canvas. Yeah, it's actually canvas. Is it canvas? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we have 
crates that break down and they're super flat and they're light. So we can move them around really easy. We yeah. can squish them in places. Um, at you know, we used to have three crates, um, and we handled it fine. And you know, when we, the dogs were gonna them, sometimes we'd stack them up or whatever. But um, now we have the two crates, and actually, we just put down Elsa's crate. Um, however, if we were going somewhere and we're gonna be leaving her for you know like a period of time, we're gonna put that crate back yeah. out and put her in it. It's just safer. You don't have to worry about them getting in the windows. You don't have to worry about people seeing your dogs. Yep. Um, you know, this is a lot different than a house. You're not on your land. You're not on your property. You're, yeah, you don't have people walking by in like yeah. close proximity. And if the dog sees them, then they start barking. And, you know, we have in our class A, we have a big kind of flat dashboard. Mm-hmm. And the dog can easily jump up there, which they have. I think every dog that we've ever owned, we've had at one point or another on our dash and right now we have a you know a 30 inch (laughs) computer monitor up there so you don't want them up there causing trouble and knocking stuff over either yeah exactly and plants and etc and they can get hurt they can get something i mean this is a lot different than a house sometimes we have stuff on the ground you know when before we jumped into the crates again we let dexter and elsa just kind of roam the house. Um, and Dexter got into a few things that... Yeah, he started getting into trouble. Like, because he had that... He had Cushing's disease, so he was, like, hungry all the time. But he would get into stuff that, like, paper plates and stuff, which he never did that his entire Rice life. Rice Krispies. Yeah, he never did those things his entire life. So it was just... You never know what your dogs are going to do, especially if you're in a different place, in a weird town, in a weird area. Noises. Noises, whatever. Um, you don't know how they're going to react. So, And when Dexter did all that stuff, Elsa was just laying somewhere <laughs> that yeah. wasn't near it. Yeah, and luckily we had a camera, which we he had gotten into trouble before, but I didn't know it, and I blamed it on Elsa. Because <laughs> Dexter's never done anything. Dexter had never done anything like that. Then once we looked at the camera... While Dexter was doing everything, Elsa was kind of laying far away from the camera. She Dex- moved into the camera. She moved right in front of the camera like, I'm not and doing anything. It. Yeah, yeah, it looked, looked right at, at the camera like, see, I'm doing nothing. And you could see meanwhile, that she wasn't doing anything. Yeah, meanwhile, Dexter's, uh, he's going eating mini chip bags and Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> he's and, having a buffet. Yeah. And he ate our hot things that you put on the table and put hot stuff on oh, it. Oh, yeah, he ate some. Yeah, weird things. So, like, I mean, you never know when your dogs are going to do something. It's just safer. And to be honest, maybe you should do this with your dogs at home, too. Yeah. But it's just safer to have them in a crate. You know they're in this little confined area that um, that they're not going to get hurt. Especially or. if you have a really big house where they can just wander around. Mm-hmm. Now, one tip that I like to do is I like to have them close to the door. This is super silly, but... You know, if something was to happen, a fire or something like that, I would hope, 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 hope that um, somebody would come to the door to make sure they were okay. And if the first thing they see is crates, you know, that they'd be willing to help those. Yeah. And they do, actually. I've been noticing them. I mean, the chances of that are probably pretty low, but at least it's better than them being in the back of the RV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've been noticing on a lot of RVs lately, more and more, um, people have stickers that they put near their door that say, you know, in case of an emergency, there are dogs inside. Oh, that's cool. We should get that. Yeah. 
two nice dogs. Yep. Please save them. <laughs> One's a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing to keep in mind is um, giving your dogs exercise. Mm-hmm. Some of these tips, it's funny because a lot of these things are things your dogs need all the time anyways. Yeah. But it's like um, concentrated or extra important when you live in a small space like an RV or a van or something like that. Yep. Um, you know, when a dog has a house, they at least can move from room to room to room. But in this 36-foot RV, they have like this strip. Um, so it's very, very important that you take your dogs on lots of walks, um, dog parks if possible. Um, if your dog loves water, try to find a lake or a river yeah. or something like that. Especially one with off-leash. Um, you know, not that you need to take them off the leash, but it is fun to um, allow them to get a little longer on the leash. And yeah. normally the off-leash beaches are just friendlier beaches because you have a lot of people out there yeah. with their dogs and stuff. So those are fun beaches. Like this one right here that we're near Ocean Shores is perfect for that. Yeah. It's a big, long, flat beach. Soft sand, and it's really shallow. And it's a long way to shells before it gets really deep. And uh, how Kylie and I exercise is Freya. What we normally do is when, like, it's like a potty break, we go outside. I go, sometimes go with Kylie. And I start running, and Freya starts running with me, and yep. she tries catching me. Yeah. So everybody gets exercise. <laughs> yeah, especially me. This lifestyle is, like, meant for you to get in the outdoors more. I mean, that's really the whole goal of this is to travel around the country and explore this country. Um, and so it kind of leans towards adventures and things you can do with your dogs anyways. Yep. It's a little bit more complicated when you have your dog. You have to go to places that allow it. Um, but it's like an open door to, you know, exploring and adventures. Yeah. If you're not on the road yet, let your dog hang out with you in the RV. Maybe even sleep over. For us, it worked perfect because we actually stayed in our driveway for two summers. Yep. <laughs> you can hear those podcasts by going back to our full-time journey stories. Um, but, yeah, we lived in our driveway of our house for two summers yep. in our RV. So our dogs got really used to the RV, and the best part was we opened our door and they got to run around in their yard. So it was like half and half. Yeah. It was their home. They knew it was their home. But then they got to see this new home. And I can tell you there was a big difference between our dogs and like our family's dogs. My mom's dog, Bella, and even uh, your parents' dog, Brody. They didn't. They don't like the RV. They don't like coming into it. No, they get like soup. They pant. They, yeah. They stress out. They like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were not comfortable coming in at all. So. Mm -hmm. From the and very beginning, and our dogs never did that, really. Nope. And our dogs just walk in, jump up on the couch, and go to sleep. Yep. And they've done that pretty much from the beginning, probably because in the beginning it just sat in our driveway, and we hung out in here. Yep. Like, it day. wasn't really anything new to them after the first couple days. Yep, exactly. Another thing we do when we leave them home, um, we turn on the radio, or even just some white noise. Something or a fan or something like that. Something that kind of break up the silence because RVs aren't made to be, they're not soundproof. So all the things going on outside, your dogs can hear. People talking, kids yeah. playing. like Car doors <laughs> shutting, you know, that's one thing that would trigger Dexter. If 
a car door shut and he would bark. Yeah, so having the music on helps so much. I mean, there's TV or TV. Yeah, there's times that we can walk in the house and they won't even start barking because they don't quite hear us. Yep. Oh, and if one of your dogs have a favorite show, maybe turn put the crate in front of the TV and turn it on. Perfect. Yeah. Freya's from the beginning is an animal show. She actually watched it with me, (laughs) and you know that RVs are. Not soundproof from our, uh, the fair campground that we were at. Yeah. (laughs) With the dogs. You definitely know that RVs are not soundproof. Some other things is to make sure that your RV, it has, I don't know, all the accessories or like modifications. (laughs) Make sure it's accessible. (laughs) Yeah, accessible, but giving it modifications like a ramp if needed for dogs. I've actually seen, you know, all these RV parks we've gone to. Especially people who are um, like seasonal or, you know, snowbirds or whatever. Sometimes they'll have like the coolest ramp set up for their dogs. Yeah. I mean, it's very short. It's very steep normally. Yeah. Most steps. And they're kind of weird. So I could see why dogs would have an issue. Freya just jumps out. Yeah. She goes to the third step and launches. She goes to the third steps and then she spreads her arms wide (laughs) and pounces. (laughs) It's so funny. She does that with the couch, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, anytime she jumps, she does that. Yes, that's funny. If your dogs get on the bed, which we've already told you not to do this, (laughs) but our dogs do, um, the RV bed is a little higher than a normal bed as well, so you may need to, you know, do something there. We always put, like, a little ottoman in front of the bed, Otherwise, also would just bark <laughs> for Tony to go help her up. Even though she can jump up there perfectly fine. Yeah, it makes her nervous to jump from like the the like vinyl floor to the yep. to the bed. I think. If you have a dog with like three legs, you should probably get a la- ramp. Yeah. <laughs> These are great tips, Lex. Yep. Okay, so now you. No, you can leave your dog at home, but obviously you can't leave them there all day. Um, the longest we can leave our dogs, you know, right now is probably about an hour, maybe two, maybe three. I think we've left I, Freya. I think three. We're probably good. Um, but I would not leave Freya for more than three hours right now. Um, however, next year when she's about a year old, I think five, six hours would be good. Maybe seven but that's pushing it. We would have to, like, rush home after 7. Yeah. Um, but anything longer than that, we need to figure so- something out. We need to take them with us, or we need to get a babysitter, dog sitter, pet sitter. Yep. <laughs> and we did this once before. We actually had plans to go to uh, the 4th of July celebrations at Mount Rushmore. We were taking a bus. We had to leave early. And we were going to be there for, I think it was like eight hours or longer. Or Yeah, exactly. And we did not know when we'd be back because we were taking a bus back to our car and then we'd have to deal with traffic. And we yep. had no idea how long that bus was going to take or any of that. So for that incident, we ended up getting Rover. So Rover is this really cool app. I don't, I think, it, I don't know if it's a login. I don't know if you can log in on your computer. I don't yeah, know. Never. Maybe. We've only used it on our phone. Yeah, but it's super cool. It allows you to check area, like, around the area that you're in. And you can see different dog sitters, dog walkers. Um, they 
they will actually keep your dog overnight. You you put in a filter. You pretty much put in what you want to do. Yeah, the different hosts will, they have different things that they offer. Yep, and then you can look at their reviews and stars and all of that, and then their prices and everything is right on there. It's the coolest app, and it's really well. works really well because yeah. we, we were able to find one. It was very convenient. And it was for 4th what, of July. Yep. So, I mean, it was very last minute, very convenient. It was on a holiday. We were still able to find one. And she was amazing, by the way. Just yeah. a little side note. She drove our dogs because she had an event to go to at like 8 o'clock at night, which is which was fine because we were going to be getting home about, I don't know, 9 or 10. Yeah. So that would have been, our dogs would have only been left home alone for like two or three hours. Um, so she brought the dogs, she drove the dogs from her house to our RV park, (laughs) put her in, put the dogs in the RV campground, locked the keys in here and then left. And that was just super cool. Yeah. I thought that was really neat because she kept our dogs the whole, most of the time. And then just, we only had them, we were, they were only gone for three hours. Yeah. I think she had them almost the whole day. I think it was maybe around 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, we actually, we we met up the day before. We introduced the dogs to her. Did we? Yeah, I took the dogs over to her. Oh, I don't remember that. Yep. The day before. Because she was nearby. Like, she was like maybe 15, 20 minutes away. So we went, introduced the dogs to her, and then came back home. And then the next day, or a couple days later, I took and dropped them off over there. Yeah, I don't remember meeting yep. up there. That's funny. You didn't go. I did. Oh, but we did. I did go once, one of the times. I don't remember. Maybe that was the day we dropped him yeah, off. Yeah, I think yeah. so. But it was sad. It was just like leaving your kid. I was like, ah. but you know, you just give him all the tips. Dexter, I said, you know, he's a grouchy old man. He loves playing, but then he, when the dogs start playing back, you know, he'll get snappy. Not like he won't actually bite, but he'll yell at other yeah. dogs. Um, so you know, we just give her. We just gave him all the tips and told him everything and she handled it well and it was like i like he said 40 bucks or something i mean that was a great deal yep. to watch our dogs all day we should use that app again <laughs> yeah we we've talked about it a couple times we just uh, i guess never really had the dire need for it yeah rover highly recommend is an awesome service yes if there if there's a link or something that i can share i will share it i think there's a referral link so maybe i'll drop that in the post okay moving on Vets. We've talked about this in a different podcast. So hard to get into. Yes. Yeah, that's been a struggle. The vets have been a struggle. I mean, to be honest, it was not a struggle before 2020, and then 2020 came, and now it's a struggle. So, um, yeah, I guess (laughs) we have no tips on finding a vet because we don't know them. If you know them, share them with us. (laughs) Yeah, call and call and call. We have found that PetSmart does things like vaccines and stuff, but I don't I don't necessarily know if I would take my dog to a PetSmart all the time. Um, but it was very easy to get them in to get the vaccines that we needed to get them, um, get Freya at least. But vets are very hard. Um, so you're going to have to make sure that you're planning ahead of time for that. Um, and then one tip is to have your dog's records 
have them email them to you. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about this later on different forms and stuff that you should have. But whenever you do go to a vet, have them, they'll email them to you. I don't think I've had one tell me no. Yep. So just have them email everything to you instead of giving you the handout. I mean, they can give it to you as well if they want, but have them email it to you. And then the cool thing is it's in your inbox for when you go to the next place, you can just forward it to yep. them. Yep. I've done it many times. And then finally, the best tip I have for medicines or supplies is Chewy. Um, that's where we get all of our heartworm and like ticks and um, flea medicines. Oops. <laughs> Sorry about that. Tick and flea medicines. It's, it's hard when you're traveling all over the country because vets will carry different brands mm-hmm. of um, medicine. So if you, if you want to get them the same heartworm or whatever, it's different. But the cool thing is Chewy sells it and you can get it from Chewy, the brand that you need. Um, and they set up different plans. We normally will do the, um, like the plan that, what is it? Auto shipment. But then we have to cancel it because (laughs) we're never in the same spot. So we have to have it sent to different spots. But, um, but the auto shipment is cheaper, so we'll normally set it up and then cancel it. Yeah. Uh, but they're really great. I highly recommend Chewy's. They're a nice company. Um, you know, they really do, it feels like they really do care about you and your dog. I know they just care about money, but at the same time, I think they do kind of care about us and their pets. So I highly recommend them. Check them out for all your medicine needs. Going along with Hard to find vets is hard to find groomers. Yeah. (laughs) Groomers are always booked out like multiple weeks in advance, and we're just not in a place for multiple weeks. And we don't know where we're going to be in a multiple weeks. So it's really hard to find a groomer. Yeah. The only luck that we've really had with groomers um, is winter time. We're usually in one state (laughs) during the winter. Or, you know, in that vicinity. So we have, in Florida, we had decent luck with groomers and stuff. But that's been a struggle as well, especially with uh, Elsa being a Labradoodle. And she's got a high-maintenance coat. Freya's next. Freya, <laughs> we've added another one. So Soft-coated wheat interior, same thing. So we actually have um, some razors or, I don't know, So, yeah, we, we got a DIY kit. Yeah, we've had some before, and they weren't that good. Um, and then I actually asked Jen from Red, White, and Bethune, because she um, used to own a pet salon. I asked her what we should get. She gave us a recommendation, and I got them, and they worked much better. Yeah. It still took us, like, all day to do, because <laughs> we're not we're new at this. Um, well, yeah. But she looked good, I think. Yeah, I think she yeah. did a good job. Not to mention, she was overgrown. She yeah. wasn't matted or knotted, really, or anything. She just had really long fur at the because time. Because we couldn't find a because place. It, yeah, yeah, we we were and we were moving a lot. So it's you know, if a groomer was booked out three weeks, we were gonna be gone in a week and a half. So it didn't matter. The other tip though is if you can get into a groomer, you're gonna wanna have photos of your best cuts. Yeah. Um, because they all do it differently. Especially for us, we have a labradoodle, so they'll always try to give her like the poodle look. Yeah. Which I don't know why. Like, I've asked Every groomer that I've ever taken her to, I ask for like a puppy cut because it's, you know, it's much cuter. She always ends up with something completely different from the last one. Like everybody has a different idea of, you know, certain cuts. So 
So yeah, like the best tip is to have a photo or a couple photos, and then you can just share that with the groomer. Yep. Um, and obviously, if you can get into a groomer, it's going to be well worth your time. Most of the places... Um, are very you, expensive, too. Well, it depends on where you go, but some places are reasonably priced when you take into account the time that it takes. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it took us a long time to do it that yeah. the other day. Um, we had to give her a bath. I, actually, we gave her a bath the day before, I think. Yeah, I think so. So, like, it was a two-day thing for us. Yeah, because we're not equipped with a nice dog <laughs> bath and, yeah. you know, blow dryer for the dog and all that stuff. And then also groomers will go the extra step. They do, like, things that we don't like to do. So yeah. <laughs> They do the glands and then yeah. they clip the nails and all that stuff. So, I mean, if you can get into a groomer, it's it's probably worth your money, to be honest. Yeah. But having the having the blades is a good backup when you can't get in. I've already mentioned this once, but next tip is try not to let your dogs roam free, even if they're really well trained. Um, you know, like, you know, I don't know. I see dogs all the time that are really well trained and the people will just let them go all around their campsite. But you never know what's going to trigger that dog. Yeah. And you're in this area that you're they're not familiar with because <laughs> unless you live in this campground, um, they're not familiar with the area. They're not familiar with the people around you. Um, and you never know what's going to trigger them to yeah, attack we have a kid, a dog. Chase an animal. Chase an animal. We've already had that experience. Yeah, Elsa. Elsa never left us, really. She stayed by us. Is that but what you're talking a, about? But it was a we boondock. It was just a boondock. We were boondocking in Utah, and she never left our side. Like, she stayed right with us at all times. And sure enough, an animal came, and she was gone. Pronghorn. Lexi and I were playing out there with her. Then we saw this pronghorn go across the road. Dexter was out there, too. He only chased the pronghorn for a little bit before he got tired. (laughs) He was too fat. He's like, yeah, it's um, not worth it. But Elsa <laughs> kept going on forever. Elsa yes. disappeared over the horizon. Yeah, and apparently when she came back, she got a foxtail, which was also a surgery. Surgery. Yeah. <laughs> so even if you do, even if they do come back, they might be hurt. But yeah, my tip there is to not do it. Plus, like, it makes people feel uncomfortable. You yep. know, again, back to. The last podcast, um, what is it? com slash 42, where we talk about campground etiquette. I think it was 42, yep. right? Um, y- you want to be, like, friendly and treat people like you want to be treated. And the last thing you want to be worrying about is your kids outside playing because there's some random dog that's not on a leash. Yeah. Especially if you're in a big campground and your dog goes running off they find something and then they just kind of stop, don't want to do it anymore. They could get lost and then couldn't yeah. find their way back. Plus, there are some weirdos out there that don't like dogs. Yeah, that could do something <laughs> awful to your dog. Yeah, I mean, I love dogs. I'm not worried about dogs hurting my kids, but there are a lot of people that will, and and it just makes people uncomfortable. So keep your dogs locked up on a leash. Yeah, if you're going to leave the dog outside... We have special, uh, like, leads that you can, like, attach to your your steps, and then... Something solid. Something solid, yeah. And then they're leashes, but they just hook up to something, and then you can just use those. 
sometimes we do leave our dogs outside on the leads, um, but typically it's for, you know, 10 minutes or less. Um, and we have the door open. We don't just leave them out there completely unattended. Yeah, we'll leave the door open or we'll sit outside with them or whatever. Yeah. Um, people will leave their dogs outside like all day. Yeah, we see it all the time. And it's crazy. Like, we actually just started once in a while leaving our dogs outside. Before this, we never really did that either. But Dexter would refuse to come in. He wanted to lay in the sun. Yeah. So we put him on these leads. And like I said, we or like Tony said, we leave the door open. We stay, we're right here. Um, and I actually work in the front of the RV. So I'm right next to them. And I can see them right outside my window. I have my window open. Um, so we don't let the dogs bark at anyone. If we see somebody walking down the road, we'll tell them, you know, quiet, you know, like leave it or whatever so that they don't even bark at people when they walk by. Um, and the leads are short. They're like six foot, I think. I think so, yeah. Or something. So they're right on our rug. They pretty much don't leave our rug. Another big one, um, especially when you're going to campgrounds. Um, I mean, in every state that we've gone to a campground and they've given us a list of their rules and policies almost always they'll mention aggressive breeds not specifically the the type of dog like a pit bull or whatever but they'll always have some sort of disclaimer about you know aggressive breeds and this and that there's some a lot of times campgrounds will fall back on the category name of aggressive breeds and then they will refer to the state's explanation for that and so then the state will have like um a list of breeds that um that they don't recommend and a lot of times sadly dogs like german shepherds or pit bulls or yeah um pit bulls are cute they're chubby little faces what other dogs a lot of times chihuahuas should be on there (laughs) (laughs) little little devil rats um but i mean those are on there, so just be careful on that if you have those dogs. Sadly, a lot of campgrounds do have those listed, which is sad to me, but make sure you follow the rules there. Luckily for us, Labradoodle is not on those <laughs> lists, <laughs> and Soft-Coated Wheat and Terrier is not on the list, thankfully. And if a dog is kind of being a little aggressive, they're probably just trying to protect something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually what they're doing. So if you haven't bought an RV yet, but you're considering it or you're in the planning stages, get a big RV with an open layout. If you plan on having a pet. Yeah. Try to think about like the um, more open layouts. Actually, Class C's and Class A's work really good because you're driving in the RV with the animals. (laughs) Um, So those work really good. Plus, they normally have the slides that open up. Um, Fifth wheel is probably are great too. Yeah. Um, vans are going to be a little harder, but people do it. I mean, the red, uh, red, white, and Bethune right now is on a like a six week trip or something in their van with four dogs. Yeah. So people can make it work. Um, but yeah, open floor plans I think work best. More and, slides, the better. <laughs> and you have when you're parked, you have to have lots of space for your dogs to run, like a puppy who get the zoomies every night. If you have multiple dogs, it's important to give each of them attention, especially if you're doing something different like RV life and you did not do that before. Just like humans, the dogs are going to have to adjust to this new lifestyle and they need the separate attention. So it's good to do a separate. I always tell Tony, take 
take Elsa today or take Freya yeah, today. I, yeah, that's what I'll do is if I'm going to the store or whatever, um, I'll take one one Elsa. of the dogs. She's going to give it, you a tutorial <clears throat> so you can edit it to our water bowl section. Jeez. <laughs> that's funny. When you're looking for different RVs, avoid those with carpet. Yes. <laughs> um, or get... Or rugs at that. I mean, unless you're going to get, like, the washable rugs. Yeah, we know, have we, a ruggable, and it's been fantastic. Yeah, we wash it all the time. For a while there, we were washing it daily. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, wet paws, mud, accidents, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've washed that thing quite a few times. Yeah, those rugs are really, really good rugs. And the pads that go under it that you get from washable are just, this is a tip, ruggable. side tip. Um, from Ruggable, washable, from Ruggable um, are cool, but I actually don't like them that much. Um, but Tony just found one that is much better, and it's a different website. But it fits it right, and it works yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. I gave them the measurements, and then they sent me the the base, and it's great. Yeah, so we'll link both of them. I highly recommend Ruggable, but I'm not that big a fan of the pads. However, like, they have – I when we got that Ruggable – we actually got it a long time ago, like when Ruggable first came out. And so Ruggable has changed their pads. Now you can get like three different kinds of pads. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there might be a better one now. But those rugs are great rugs. Like I said, that rug is like three years old. And after it comes out of the wash, it looks brand new. It's yeah, it's like shiny. It's like the yellow cool. parts on it. There's a tan. They look like golden. Yeah, they're bright. All yeah. the colors are very bright when you wash it. And we just air dry it. Yeah. Silky feeling. So it's a great, it's it's um, a great thing for yeah. a RV that gets dirty frequently. Yep. Um, another thing to avoid is screen doors. <laughs> or if they actually, Lippert has this like screen door protector thing that yep. I think is kind of cool. It's like a metal mesh. Um, but having something, if you have your screen door open, if having something to protect the bottom half because it's just a flimsy door that the dog can just push its way through. (laughs) If they rip a big hole in it, they'll easily escape. So forms to keep handy. These are things, my best tip is to have them emailed to you so they're in your inbox. And what I do is I email them to Tony as well. So they're in both of our inboxes. Um, If we do not have them emailed to us, we scan them and then email them to us. So they're definitely in our inbox Um, And that is, number one, proof of vaccinations like rabies, you know, especially rabies. Everywhere will ask you about rabies. Some campgrounds will ask you about rabies. We've had to show that at some campgrounds, which is really weird because it was in the beginning, we had to show it a lot more. Yeah. Like lately, we haven't had to show it as much. Um, So that, that is something... Also, um, anytime you take them to a new vet or anything like that, you'll have to show proof of rabies. Sometimes groomers will require it. Yeah, I was just going to mention that, groomers. So have that, and what we do is we just put the dog's name and rabies in the subject line. But, I mean, obviously, so it's really easy to search in your inbox or in your email. Yep, keywords. Um, Another thing is on your um, tag on the collar. Your pet should always have a collar on. It's outside and, you know, whatever. Um, Their tag should include the name, the mobile number, maybe some other information, like um, if it's chipped or not. Yeah, on Freya's collar, we just have 
um, her name and my phone number, and then we put chipped so yep. they know that she's chipped. And um, then as far as the chip goes, there she's signed up on a chip registry. Both dogs are. Yeah. Both dogs, yeah. And then if you scan them with, like, a chip reader, then you can, like, do all of the information about yep, them. Yep. Somebody, if somehow she gets lost and picked up, they can take them to a vet or, you know, whatever, and um, they can scan the chip and look it up, get get our information. And the only bad thing about traveling full-time is, you know, when you put the information on the chip registry, it's your home address. So mm-hmm. for us, it's Texas. We're never there. You so I actually should have put my mom's or something. Well, I made a comment in the, um, oh. there's a note section. We're full-time RVers, so please... Call the numbers listed, email us right away, text us. So, you know, there's multiple sources of multiple points always, of contact. We could always put my mom's address too, because they yeah. would obviously help out. I mean, but either way, and do it right away in case we move. Pet food. So, this is an interesting one. It depends on what you feed your pets. We have, um, a specific food that we um, give our dogs and only certain stores carry it. So we have to be very careful. There's been a couple of times we were not able to get their pet food. Yeah. I found out on a Thanksgiving morning one year that our dog was dogs were out of food (laughs) and I went and drove around for two hours looking for a place that was even open. And once I found one, they of course didn't have our, type of food so i had to just wing it i think i brought home a small bag of puppy food yeah something but plus you can be in areas that like for example we have to go to tractor supply for the most part i mean you can get it sometimes at other spots we just have to sometimes they have to order it for us too yeah um but we you know if there's not a tractor supply in the area so we just want to make sure that like you're you get those foods before you go into areas like Glacier Bay, <laughs> where there's like no pet stores or no, uh, you know, tractor supplies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there is not actually. There might be a tractor supply in Glacier mm. Bay, but <laughs> <laughs> I doubt I'm just, it. I'm just guessing. <laughs> so pet food is a big one. These are just weird things that you may not think of at the time, but you should if you're RV living because you're always going to be in areas that are small, little towns. Um, in areas that you're not familiar with. So make sure that you're not on your last cup of dog food. Yep. The next thing to have handy is medicines. And so this is interesting because um, one of the things that I think you should do, like let me say this other thing first, is to be prepared. Um, Know where the emergency center is, like pet emergency centers Mm -hmm. are. Just kind of have an idea. You don't have to obviously be like, okay, there's one there and make sure you write the address down and stuff like that. But if there's some kind of pet emergency, this is also important for like hospitals. We kind of keep an eye on where hospitals are. Um, however, you can always call 911 for people. So having an idea of the hospital is not as important as pet emergency centers because you cannot call 911 for a pet. If yeah. you have an incident or an emergency with your pet, you have to physically take the pet there. Um, and so that could be bad. So just have an idea of where they are. If you don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you get to a destination, you can literally just get on Google maps and hit 
um, animal clinic or animal hospital near me. And instantly, you know, you'll have whatever the options are, they'll pop up. And you can just see what the, how close they are. Yeah. The problem is, though, is let's say you need to do that because there's a pet emergency. You're not going to have signal or your phone's going to be dead. So make sure you do it ahead of time. That's what I said when you get to your destination. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, though, on that, if obviously you can't just run your dog to the pet emergency, but when you're RV living, you're doing a lot of adventurous stuff and you're staying in a lot of adventurous areas. Um, therefore, you're taking a bigger chance of your pet getting hurt. Snake bites or yep. whatever. So having or other an, animal bites. Yeah. So having an idea of ways to fix them <laughs> yep. is good. Like pet CPR or something like that. Um, those are all good things to just know. And they're easy things to learn about ahead of time. When you're bored, if you're a man and you're sitting on the toilet for the 30th minute. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, but when you're bored or whatever, just look on YouTube at different ways to you know, help your pet. Yeah. They sell um, pet tourniquets. Yeah. You know, if there's a... What? Oh, yeah. Lacerations or, you know, bleeding stuff. We need You can get, get all kinds of medical packs. And then if you're a avid hiker or something like that, your dog can carry its own medical supplies. Yeah. And you never know, like, when a snake will bite them, a wild, you yeah. know, wild animal, something happens. You know, what if there's, like, what if you're hiking and you don't have your dog on a leash because he's very well trained... Um, but then a bear starts to attack. If you had him on a leash, you could just pull him off. But let's say he won't. He's trying to protect you. And he ends up getting, like, attacked or something. You need to be able to help him. I know that probably would never happen. But <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying what if. Um, the other thing is toxic plants. You know, knowing what kind of plants are in certain areas or just paying attention to your dog. If they're on a leash, you will know. Um, what they're eating and what they're messing with. And we will know this because we have three books. Yes. (laughs) Mushrooms and plants and flowers. Yep. Yep. So just paying attention to what they eat, you can can make sure that they stay away from the toxic stuff. And then having certain medicines on handy is also good. Um, Heartworm medicine, we have that always. We get it every year. Uh, Flea and tick. And just a quick tip on heartworm medicine is it actually works for the month before. So when we lived in Michigan, we only had to do heartworm for, I think, six months or something like that. But now that we are year-round in warm areas, we need to do it yearly. So that's something to think about as well. If you're coming from a cold state, but now you're moving in warm states all the time, you'll want to make sure that you have a year-round supply of heartworm. Um, so they have to have heartworm every month. Yep. And it takes care of the month before. So <laughs> just, it's kind of weird how it works, works backwards. backwards. Yep. Other important things to have, flea and tech medicine. Pay attention to the areas that you're going to be visiting or that you do visit. Um, some flea and tick medicines will say, you know, we take care of five types of ticks, which is good. Um, and then some only do like two, <laughs> which is not good if you're traveling all over the country because. Yeah, they can be exposed to all the different. All. Yeah. Um, other quick medicines to have is ear infection medicine. Dogs seem to get ear infections quite a bit. Or like things that bother, uh, you know, Elsa Especially just has. if you're in the water, near, if your dog loves the water, they're more prone, they're prone to uh, ear infections. Yeah, so you can get that medicine. Your doctor probably would, you know, prescribe that to you as well, a vet would. Um, so having that handy would be good. 
Um, something for like upset stomach. They seem to get upset stomachs a lot. Elsa does. And then a painkiller if possible. And I say if possible because I don't know if the vets will give those to you, but it's very handy if they do. I know Dexter had one, and we've actually given it to Elsa a few times. Yep. And it has saved us an emergency trip. So <laughs> that is good. And and we have other medicines that we yeah, can what put are in those? their food. So we, I think we one is like for hormone. hormones. Hormone. Hormones. <laughs> And then the other one is like tooth medicine that we just got for Elsa because she just got her teeth cleaned. Yeah, that one's an enzyme for um, um, healthy mouth. And her breath smells way better. Freya's, or Elsa's, Elsa and Freya's breath smells way better. Yeah, I agree. All right, awesome. I think that is the tips for animals, <laughs> for having pets. Pretty much just the same tips that you would need if you were having a pet at your house, um, but, m- like, maximizing them. A little more comprehensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Tw- so. Double it. I think we should do a can't miss. Uh, I'm good with the can't miss. All right. Sweet. In this segment, we tell you about something you can't miss. We know when you're traveling, you can't see and do everything. So we wanted to share some of those things that you just can't miss if you are in the area. So since this is RVing with dogs, I wanted to do a can't miss that dogs can go to. That would be Ocean Shores. Yes, in Washington. On the beach. I mean, I guess the shores part gives that away, but. Ocean Shores (laughs) Beach. (laughs) Um, it's actually, I just found this out when researching it, a highway. Is it a state highway? It's considered a state highway, which is crazy. And the speed limit is actually 25 miles per hour. So the very first time we went on it, you were probably going about 25, and I was like, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> and well, really, you were going the speed limit. <laughs> some days you can, some days you can't, depending on how many dead crabs are out there and how many piles <laughs> and of And how kelp. big they are. Like, we were just going for a drive, and it was... Way big crab. Yeah. But there's logs and all that stuff on there. So there are several access beach roads to get to the beach um, that are in this area. I don't know. How long is this? Oh, 25. How long is this road? I'm not sure the entire length of it, but it's several miles. Yeah. I mean, it goes quite quite a ways down, and there's probably five or six access roads. I could be a little high there, but um, it is a huge beach. If you go there, go there on low tide. It's amazing. Could not stop screaming about how amazing it was the whole time. It was great. Um, It's super flat. The dogs can run around. They don't have to be on leash. Um, We actually let Elsa off, but we left um, Freya on the leash because she's crazy. She's fast, really, really fast. Um, But then when we were, so we let her off leash and let her play, Elsa, Um, but then, you know, if she started to wander or like when we wanted to relax, we put her back on the leash. So we did not just leave her off leash to, you know, wander around and get in trouble. We did put her back on. Or if like there's a car or a bunch of people walking by, or there's a bunch of horse riders who keep coming by, (laughs) which is so cool. It was. They ride like along the beach and it's an entire group of people and horses. It's amazing. But this is a great way to enjoy the beach because you can drive out on it. So it is a windy 
area. It's Washington. <laughs> it's the Pacific Coast. Yeah, so you have two things against you. It's more than likely going to be windy. Um, so, you know, to enjoy the beach, you can take your car out and hang out by your car, use your car as a shield, or yeah. sit in your car and, and just enjoy it in general. Plus, it's just super cool to drive your car on the beach. Yeah, it's there's something special about it. Like, we even said that about Daytona. That's why it was one of my favorite beaches, because I love driving the Jeep out on the beach. Yeah. And this beach is cooler to drive on, I think. Yeah. Because you don't have to pay. You can go out whenever you want, and you can have your dogs. Yep. <laughs> you can't do any of those things You could Daytona. Also, you could also just go drive in your car along the entire beach if you wanted. Well, most of the way. <laughs> um, or you could just... Park and go play in the water. You could do either. You could do anything. You can even take your $400,000 Bentley and go get it stuck out there. Oh, stop. <laughs> yeah, plus, like, Daytona requires you to get off the beach at a certain time. Yep. And it's, like, before sunset. <laughs> so you don't even get to watch the sunset on the beach. Here, you there's no requirements at all. You can go out there right now if you wanted. Yep. And it's late. They just, the only, the biggest regulation, they don't let you um, camp out there. Overnight stay. Yep, no overnight camping. I would like to know how hard they restrict that too, because I've seen some campers out there in some tents. But I, I've also seen. Um, like, do they pick that tent I've up? I've seen uh, police out there. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. But anyways, I would find, I'd go out on the beach, enjoy it, find a quiet little area. Every time we've went out, we've been able to find, like, a quiet space past the people. The thing is, like, when you, all the access roads is where a lot of people congregate. They'll just drive out, and they'll find a spot close to that, especially if they're in a car or something like that. They want to stay on the hard pack, and they want to stay close to the road. But if you drive half a mile or a mile down the road, you can get into a spot where you don't have anybody for, you know, several hundred yards. Mm-hmm. So find a quiet spot like that. Let your dog off the leash if they can handle it and let them run into the water. We actually were driving down the road, the sand, <laughs> and a guy had a truck and he had let his dogs, he just let him out of the truck and they just ran Full Straight. speed to the water. It was the best sight ever. I love dogs, and those dogs knew exactly. He was like, he wasn't even close to the water. He was way back in like He was the, 100 yards off of the water. Yeah. <laughs> and his dogs just ran straight to the water. It was yeah, great. It was, and then the dog like play, pranced around in mm-hmm. the water. It was so cute. Yeah. And then they, they, they we were still driving, and they kind of looked over at us like, wait, are we supposed to be here? And so then they, like, walked back to their truck, which was kind of cute. But um, they obviously come out here quite a bit. <laughs> they knew exactly what they were going to do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and go there at low tide for the best fun. Yeah, absolutely. You get way more beach, and it's nice and shallow. And, you know, I don't know. I'm, I don't really love swimming in the ocean. <laughs> Any ocean, just because I I know what's there. I've seen Jaws. I know exactly what happens. <laughs> just because we might have seen a shark fin. We did. We, we did see a shark saw. fin. I was talking to Dad earlier. If, if we had the drone out, we could have actually seen it probably. Yeah. yeah. But um, another thing, that's another thing to keep in mind is know the tides. Mm-hmm. Because you could be parked out there having a good old time at low tide. And then if you're out there for a couple hours... Um, your stuff could get wet yeah. because the once it starts coming in, it just starts creeping in kind of quick. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's people stuck out there all the time. I mean, we've seen several vehicles getting towed out. So, yeah, keep an eye on that. There's Tide apps. There's t- You can just Google the Tide mm-hmm. near wherever you're at. And, um, but, yeah, low tide is the best because the water is kind of shallow and your dog will love it to, like, prance around. And yeah. you don't have to worry about them getting, like, super wet because it's just their feet. Unless they really jump. Get yeah, unless they really you. go in. But. And then you can find small creatures, too, which is kind of fun. We found a sand dollar. And a jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Dead one, though. <clears throat> like jelly. Brown. Yeah, a ton of clams and crabs. But, yeah, uh, I... Love ocean shores. Yes. I didn't think I would, but. It's a cool area, for sure. I like this whole area. And, by the way, at the end of ocean shores is North Jetty. And this is really cool. It's like, is that a bay? Going. It's like an inlet to Grays Harbor. And there's a whole bunch of big, huge rocks there. And the water, like, crashes up on the rocks. And um, in, like... We did go there, but we didn't stay. Um, But in the comments, I saw that people see seals there. You can see whale sometimes. Yeah, one of our friends was here, and they saw seal. Oh, I I thought you were going to say whale. I was like, wait, what? No. We're going there tomorrow. (laughs) No, certain times of the year are better for whales here, but it happens. So, yeah, that's highly recommended. Can't miss spot. Ocean Shores Beach. Yep. If you're in the area, check it out. Bring your dog. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's a wrap. Sounds Show notes good. to this episode, thefailis.com slash 50. Sign up for the email list at thefailis.com slash email and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thefailis. And we will catch you next week. Yeah. Bye. See you later. Let's do this. Let's Shh. do this. Are you going to do something? Take it down a bag. That's our dog right there. Perfect. <laughs> Freya. 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 It's empty, honey. Our hog named Freya. <laughs> you were doing fine until you started doing robot. <laughs> Slash no. 49. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> buttery biscuits. <laughs> says the person buttery who flaky crust. Says the person who can't say the. <laughs> I can say the. Like, go out exploring or just... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, she got to zoom in. Nope. RVing with dogs. (laughs) I actually don't really know what we're talking about here. I just kind of guessed. An interesting... Was I even born, or was I, I like two? Have you been to Mount Rushmore for fireworks? Yeah. Okay.
What do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> Take that out. Avoid full-length windows. I don't when know. you buy an RV, you say you need to remove these full-length windows. Well, don't get those RVs. Are you talking about the shades? I don't know. Let's okay. just take that yeah. part out. Eh. Okay. Twenty-one minutes into it, probably got three minutes of usable advice. content. Okay, go. You can get the show notes uh, at the fellas. What was it? Again?